<laughs> well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Plumbing and HVAC Marketing Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to be joined by Sean Henson today of Your Home Services out of Tampa. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you. Or good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So I was, I was super excited. I, I first came in contact with Sean uh, about a year ago, I guess it was, at the Service Roundtable uh, International event. And, um, you know, he was telling me he grew his company from zero to two million over the first year in business. And um, I was asking him, you know, leading into this meeting, like, where is he at today well, going into the second year? And just tell us kind of where you're at today, Sean, and kind of the rapid ascent of your of your company. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, from last year to this year, um, uh, last week of February, first week of March, uh, we added air conditioning. So we went from your plumber to your home services and um, have the two brands now going or the, the two trades going. Um, we, we've basically doubled what we were doing. We did a little over 2 million last year. We're going to do somewhere between 4.2 and 4.5 a million in sales this year. And um, it's just rock and roll and we're, it's, it's growing steadily. We're up to 18 service trucks or service and install trucks between the two trades, um, about 35 employees. And um, it's kind of like a locomotive. You just can't stop. That's amazing. So from zero to, to 4 million in the first two years, uh, most people can't do that in their first 20 years. So brace yourself. Sean's been sharing, he recently did a webinar for Service Roundtable on some really cool guerrilla marketing tactics, which I'll link to in this uh, on the replay. But, um, you know, brace yourself and take some great notes because Sean's got some unique insights and things to share. So thanks so much for your willingness to come on and kind of participate in this process. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm happy to help any way I can. So I guess, you know, just tell us a little bit about your background. So, yeah, we know fast forward two years, you're in this four million company, 18 trucks. But kind of tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started in this industry. Yeah, so um, I was actually in the automotive industry for almost 15 years. Uh, service side, I uh, was a service manager, service writer, service director, kind of did it all on the service side. And uh, it, it was amazing. I got recruited over to a plumbing company, one of our rivals now. So, um, But at the time, they were looking for an operations manager, somebody kind of learned how to become their GM. And uh, a recruiter happened to bring his vehicle in for service, had some issues. I got involved. Um, he presented the opportunity to me at first I declined, um, and in the automotive business, there's always pay plan changes and things of that nature and decided, Hey, you know what, maybe I should take a second look at it. Um, interviewed, got the job and realized a lot of the stuff falls in line. Um, it's amazing. Your direct cost of sale numbers are exactly the same. Um, your, all your fixed costs all pretty much work out to be the same. And it was a pretty easy slide over. Um, biggest, biggest hurdle for me was learning how to how to manage guys out in the field versus managing all the guys under one roof. That was about the biggest hurdle, but other than that, everything was about the same. And so taking a lot of the automotive uh, insight and plugged it into a lot of our marketing, a lot of our operations. And um, I figured if these companies that spend millions and billions of dollars on uh, that kind of research, we might as well steal what we can from it and, and utilize it. And it's been very successful for us. Nice. So you, you were able to take that experience. You worked as a GM for one of the one of the local guys. How long were you in the plumbing business before you started your own company? Yeah, um, I worked with uh, the other company for about a year and a half, and then uh, actually got out of the trades altogether. Um, was at another company for about a year. Um, was doing uh, beverage equipment installs throughout the state, so I was running um, a couple branches. And my business partner, I had worked at the previous company and he was running a truck and a trailer and he started uh, in June of 2016. And by November, we had partnered and uh, we're, you know, a good opposites attract kind of thing. You know, he's 
the trades, um, you know, he's a tradesman by heart and I'm operations and marketing and we've just put it together and it's been a, a really nice balance and it's always good to have a great partner to work with. Yeah, they always say try and find someone that, that plays at what you have to work at. It sounds like you've got a little bit of that going on in the, in the business. Absolutely, we do. Um, and not that we don't lean on each other for ideas, you know, where it's, you know, may not be his strong suit or my strong suit, but um, we kind of defer to, to the, the guy who has more experience and whatever the case may be. Good, good stuff. So, sorry, and that, that really is, is rapid growth. And so, you know, the, the whole concept of this podcast is to talk about the marketing strategy and what you're able to do in order to generate enough calls to have that kind of growth and to keep the trucks running and, you know, the business, the business flowing. So for me, it really boils down to three core elements, right? It's the market that you sell to, the message that you put out to make people want to do business with you, and then the media, how you get that message in front of that market. So let's start a little bit, you know, tell me a little bit about your market and how, how you identify your target customer, your ideal customer there in, um, in the Tampa or the greater Tampa Bay area. Yeah. So um, first, obviously, is you, you got to pick, uh, pick, you know, how, what territory you want to run. So for us, it's basically a 30 mile radius from the shop. Um, we concentrate 70% of it on it within a 10 mile radius and the rest of it, we still service, um, but we don't concentrate as much in our marketing. Um, unless there's something special going on in those areas. Um, you know, and a lot of it, it's all about branding. So we're really big on presenting, making sure that people remember who they use. There's nothing worse than a great experience. And then they can't remember who they used two years ago and they're calling somebody else. So um, making sure we have those point of touches, making sure we're touching back to them. Um, and then, you know, I, I've said this before, it's I think 83.7% of the decision makers for us are, are females between 35 and 49. So it's designing that marketing um, tailored towards them, making sure that they're comfortable with us, that, that we've hit some kind of a, a positive nerve with them, that they, they're gravitated towards using us. Nice. So you would say you know, your ideal avatar, as you define it, is a, is a female between 35 and, and... 49. Okay. And, Basically, um, you know, you're, 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 you're soccer mom. That's okay. who we do all of our marketing to. Excellent. So, okay, very, very good. And so that's the, that's the market. What's the message? So how do you position yourself in a way that that soccer mom says, wow, this, this company seems like the right company for me to want to do business with? Yeah. So um, our original slogan used to be when we were plumbing, it was the goal of our plumber is to be your plumber. It was kind of that play on words. Um, yep. We're still kind of looking for that proper tagline per se, now that we're your home services. Um, but our big thing is just doing the right thing and making sure we're always doing the right thing. So if you Google us and you read our reviews, um, it, it's either raving about us or when we make a mistake, you see that we respond that we own the mistake and we do our best, right. to fix it. you know, and that, that's kind of our, our stand apart is there's not a lot of great contractors in our area and it's allowed us to grow so fast because it was just, just doing things the right thing, not worrying about the bottom line, but worried about taking care of the customer. Got it. Sound, sounds good. So a clean, like, look, we're just going to take care of it. We're going to do a good job. We're the reliable guys that you can, you can count on. So, I mean, that's the market. That's the message. Let's talk about a little bit about media. And I'd love to, if you could kind of take it, take it back, not just what you're doing today, but you, know, you talk about guerrilla marketing tactics, you know, as a startup going to 2 million in the first year, like what kind of marketing mix did you have in order to generate that volume of calls and that volume of sales? Yeah. So when we first got started, we did the obvious and we still do them with the Angie's list and the Yelps. Um, I think we ran some of the, um, some of those deals that you could purchase online through some of the uh, 
uh, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but uh, like Groupon or Amazon Home Service. You know, nobody yeah. knew who we were, and whatever we had to do to get our feet wet was kind of what we did. And so, um, as we built a reputation, we made sure we were asking for those reviews, leaning towards them. Um, and in a matter of uh, just a few months, uh, as the year closed out uh, in 2016, we we're able to be, win a Angie's List Super Saver Award. So, you know, now we had a little bit of reputation. And from there, it's grown. I mean, we've done, you name it, we've done it um, from Valpac to, uh, we've run some TV ads for a few months, um, tons of Google stuff. And then a lot of the guerrilla marketing, um, the unique Facebook advertising, um, doing the um, networking groups, things to that, that nature. Um, and we've just found a nice little balance that works for us. Um, we've tried to get out of the buying leads, you know, the, the home advisors and, and those kinds of things. But we use those early on. We didn't have a choice. Um, and so we filled the board. And our guys just did their thing. And we were able to convert probably 30, 40% of those looking for the cheapest leads into clients. And so from there, it's just kind of snowballed into what we're at now. So, so I just kind of staying at that place for a little bit, because there's a lot of the listeners and a lot of the viewers that that's where they're at. And they're trying to be like, how do I break through this half a million dollar range? Um, you know, you had to rely on home paper lead services, Yelp, which everybody hates, Angie's List. Like, what was the formula or what was the strategy that enabled you to convert those into revenue where a lot of guys just say, those are dead leads. By the time I called them and I, by the time I got to the house, um, the deal was already sold to somebody else. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, let me step back and say this. Our first hire was a gentleman who did graphic design. And I threw him in the, at my, we were literally at my dining room table for the first month. And I said, you're going to answer phones and dispatch guys and you're gonna build ads for me. So a lot of it was looking bigger than we were, presenting bigger than we were, and making sure that when the time came, we represented bigger than we were. Um, didn't just let that message fall flat. So I think that's the biggest thing is, is getting out of your comfort zone, pushing yourself um, to, to be bigger than the one or two truck contractor. And even if you're there, you know, as, be who you aspire to be. So that, that's my first thing. Um, right. Second, and I'll be honest, those, those, those purchasing leads they ran a lower ticket average than we do now with some of our other marketing. Um, but we weren't afraid to spend the time. I can't tell you how many times somebody bought a $15 toilet tune up from us. Um, and, and it killed our guys, you know, but we, we, we constantly trained them on how to do the right thing, how to walk people through uh, the whole home evaluation, how to get them engaged, how to ask open-ended questions, and then to leave options. And probably 20% of those customers have become lifelong customers because a lot of them are just they found an opportunity to try out a new provider um, so you got to treat every opportunity whether it's fifteen dollars or fifteen hundred dollars like it's the most important one of the day yeah so you planted those seeds you went into it yeah we're going to lose here or we're going to create a good relationship and and create a lifelong customer exactly awesome so that was that was where you kind of started i don't know if i interrupted a, like a thought process that you were walking through there yeah. So, so from there, I think the big thing is, um, you know, if you want to continue to grow, you got to do the right thing. So you have to train your people and make sure it's a yeah. universal message from, from the person who answers the phone to the person who's doing the work to the person who's collecting payments. Uh, if you've got installers going out, you, you've got to universally have the same thing. So we've had to let a lot of good tradesmen go because they don't fit our culture. They don't fit our personality. Um, I'd rather take a guy with a little lesser experience and train him technically that's got a positive attitude, who's a go-getter, who's somebody who's engaging, then a guy who walks at the door and says, I already know what's wrong with your, your system. You know, you got to learn to build value. Um, you know, we, we can't say that enough. Building value is so crucial. 
So once you get that portion of it down and everybody's on the same page, and that's an, that's an always that's an always evolving process because you're going to lose people, you're going to gain people, so on and so forth. Um, make sure you're training your people. Um, I literally have our team in. I have both plumbing and air conditioning in on Mondays every morning for 45 minutes to an hour. Thursday I have plumbing and Friday I have HVAC. So they're all in here a minimum of two times a week. And we're training customer service, service sale processes, um, how to look for those opportunities to open that conversation with their customers, and most importantly, how to build value. So if you're doing that end, um, whatever you do on the other end, it, it's going to be a home run. So now what do we do on the other end, right? What do we do with our marketing? Um, I, I always say there's an 80-20 rule. We all do 80% of the same and then 20% stands us out. So find what's going to stand you out different. Don't, don't go too far off that ledge, um, but look for those things that are going to stand out from your competitors. You know, for us, it's our trucks are black and blue and, and nobody's got those colors in the market and they, they pop and, and they jump off our trucks um, and we get calls from those or those grill marketing tactics we talked about using Facebook differently and using it as a word of mouth versus just pumping in dollars into Facebook's pocket. Use it a little differently for yourself. Um, and then most of all, educate yourself. Um, one of the biggest things, and I think we talked about this when we met was we, we learned about Google home services or Google local services as the name's changed um, seven or eight months before hitting my market. We made sure we got all background checked. We got all ready to go. And they didn't tell us a word. All of a sudden, one day it was live, and my phones wouldn't stop ringing. So, um, when that when that went true, I think we had to put three or four more trucks on the road just because we just couldn't handle the call demand. The guys were going nuts. The on call was crazy, and it was a good problem to have. Um, but it's because we're constantly researching what's coming and, and what works. So, educate yourself. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Taking the next step. Um, I will say we have an advantage where um, with the partnership. I don't have to be in a truck all day. So I know a guy who's running one or two trucks it makes it a little tougher for him. So uh, find a good partner, you know, plumbing uh, and HVAC SEO is a great partner is one, um, which you guys handle quite a bit of our digital marketing as well. So I do recommend that to anybody who's running a, as we say, a chuck in a truck. Absolutely. So, I mean, you mentioned their um, local service ads or Google home services. Um, they, they have changed the names a couple of times. How, how, how has that, you mentioned it kind of blew up the phones off the gate, but how's it evolved as more contractors have come into play? Is it still monetizing for you? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we probably, we were in beta testing for six months and it was a beautiful thing. I kind of went on autopilot on marketing because I could, was able to. Um, but then as they started letting contractors in, um, the big thing is making sure you're following their rules or their analytics to stay on top, um, keeping the great reviews, making sure you're you're doing everything that they ask of you to do and we continue to stay in position one or two because of it. Um, but we've noticed that it's started to trail off the last 90 days or so. And it looks like they're turning those things on and off because it's probably not making Google the money they thought it was. Um, so now it's a matter of, of playing the game. You know, it's a matter of balancing your pay-per-click or whatever else you've got to do to, to, to keep the calls coming in. Um, and, and that's exactly what we're doing in order to, to keep that call balance. So we're putting a little more money into pay-per-click and, you know, you can always put money into the into the kitty. You, you, you can't draw from it later. So I'd rather have an over budget and, um, you know, adjust as needed. So what does a what does a budget look like for a, you know, a four million dollar company that's gone that quickly to, to four million? Uh, like what what percentage or what volume do you put into advertising as a whole? Yeah. So when we first started, we kind of went kamikaze. We weren't worried about profit margins and uh we were willing to run up to 20%. Uh, 20% of what we did would go back into marketing. Uh, 
the last few months we've been trending in that 17, 18% number. It's still a bit high, but we had to buy customers. It was either we could build it organically like everybody else does and let it take 10 or 12 years, um, or we buy the customers and we do our, put our best foot forward and we earn them right away. And uh, so that's what we've done. And we're slowly scaling back. We want to get to that 12 to 13% range, uh, maybe two more years the road, but right now it's, it's still full throttle. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people tell you in the advertising, if you want to kind of, kind of retain your, your customer base, it needs to be between five and 7% to grow. It needs to be North of 10%. And so Sean's a great example here, putting for a long time, 20% of the revenue back into marketing. That's how you get growth. Um, can you give any idea like what your average cost per new customer uh, is through, through the advertising that you've done over the years? Yeah. So our, our bottom line cost for customer overhead, so on and so forth, we, we chalk it up to right around $277. And that varies a little from month to month. Um, okay. When we do some of the guerrilla marketing stuff, we're able to cut that in half, which is, is nice. Um, you know, it's, it's always good to kind of cheat one back your way, but um, we know when we knock on that door that anything under $277 is a loss on a ticket, which is okay at this point, as long as we're gaining a client, as long as we're building value, as long as we're keeping that client happy, it, the residual as call two, call three, call four come in, um, you know, your marketing slows down. Now it's just maybe an email campaign, touch and base or a newsletter, um, the thank you card, those, those simpler tactics now, you know, call two may only cost you $30 to get them in the door. So make sure you're, even if it's a, if it's a loss leader, it's it's just a, it's a temporary loss leader. You got to treat it that way. Yeah, and he just revealed a major secret. And you know, Dan, I'm a big student of Dan Kennedy, uh, one of the main uh, experts in direct response marketing. And he always says, "He who can afford to spend the most to acquire a customer will always win." Right. And if you have systems in place to take a one-time buyer, convert them into a repeat buyer, and can t- can think long term, you really understand what the lifetime customer value of one of your plumbing or HVAC customers is, and you're willing to invest more than your competition, then you can spend a lot more, you can get the customers in the door, and you can get this type of rapid growth. Would you say that's pretty on point, Sean? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, but but there's ways to, to cheat that number. You know, I, I just told you it takes us 277 to get a customer in. If you're doing two trades, make sure you mention you're doing the other trade. Offer you know, as we're coming out of, uh, you know, air conditioning season, we're offering, you know, free tune-ups to our plumbing customers and, you know, vice versa. When it's hot out and if plumbing's slow, we'll offer a whole home evaluation. You know, you, there's ways that you can still buy that lead for the most, but internally with that customer, look for more opportunities. Yeah, no no doubt. Yeah, because when, when you do that, that second, that second transaction, that third transaction is a fraction of the, a fraction of the investment. Exactly. So, I mean, so if you've kind of mentioned the gorilla, uh, the gorilla marketing tactics, and I'm going to suggest all of you guys go back uh, and watch the the webinar that, that Sean did through Service Roundtable. I'll, I'll link to it in the replay. But can you talk a little bit about some of those gorilla tactics that have worked so well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have found you know, on Facebook, we, we started originally doing the traditional Facebook uh, advertising, and we just didn't see a whole lot of return on it. And somebody suggested to me to get into the the neighborhood groups, the swap and shops, the the uh, neighborhood meetup groups, the mommy and me groups. And so we've found a niche in there to advertise. And um, of course I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, we're, we're in about 10 or 12 group groups. It's about 300 bucks a month. And when I did the numbers for the, uh, the webinar through September, we'd spent 2,700 and we were just a hair around 55 or 57,000 in revenue and 70 plus calls 
from a very low hanging fruit, a very obvious thing. And um, it, it's crazy how quick it, it spreads like wildfire. You take care of somebody in one of those groups. And when somebody's asking for a plumber, they're asking for an air conditioning guy that, you know, you've got 20, 30 cheerleaders that have used you. They start tagging you or um, you do a great job. And all of a sudden they put a post in the group and, you know, one of these groups has got 70,000 members, you know, that goes a long way that I, I can't pay advertising dollars for, you know, that's just worth its weight in gold. Um, so it's one of the biggest things we've done. Um, the other, which is not a surprise in networking groups, um, you know, BNI, which is a, a big networking group. We've got four or five chairs here in the Bay area. Everybody's got an HVAC chair, except for me, I've got a plumbing chair. And, um, okay. October 1st, I just finished my first year in the group and I just, um, you know, it was $500 investment to join 60 bucks a month for your room dues. So I think $1,200 is my overhead. I did a hundred, just under $137,000 in revenue for one day a week and, you know, an hour here and there meeting up with people and, and building relationships. I've got, you know, my turn, my sales force into 50 other members. And, uh, so, you know, especially for the, for the little guy, that's the greatest way for him to grow and add additional trucks, man. That's two ways of word of mouth that is, is, um, is game changing. No doubt. And I'm surprised, you know, often when I have these interviews, you know, networking groups like BNI are, are kind of overlooked. But, you know, I love the fact that you've tapped into that, you're invested in it, and it's working for you, right? If you, if you go to the meetings and you develop the relationships, especially with BNI, they, they have to give referrals. And so when a plumber or HVAC company comes into the group, it's just a win for them because it's so easy to make that referral. Exactly. Um, you know, you're, you do good work for somebody and they're, they're forced to, I mean, that's the whole concept of it, right? They're, I don't want to say forced, they're, they're highly suggested to refer work through those groups. So if, if they can count on you and, and, and you're that guy, it, it, it's tenfold. It goes over and over. And, and that, it actually flows on to some of this digital marketing. I get tagged in by 30 of those members on a regular basis on these Facebook groups on top of, you know, them referring me and the, you know, it's almost scary. The, the other chairs we have are HVAC, which tend to have a higher ticket average. And I'm, I'm kind of watching them just because we're a little newer in those groups and like to see how they finish out their first year. But I, I have a feeling I'm going to be in last place when it's a, when it's all said and done. That's a great problem to have. Yeah, that, that is a good problem. You know, you have your team out, out sell you in a group like that. Exactly. Very cool. All right. So, so, I mean, that, that's some of the guerrilla tactics. Um, you know, what, what's, I guess, what's the line? So you said there's an 80, 20 and anything, right? 20% of the activity generates 80% of the results. What would you say is the 20% where the, you know, the most leads and new customers come from right now? Yeah. So, so the 80, 20 rule, and it really depends on where you're at as a company. So for us, it's, it's a lot of that guerrilla marketing. I put in the 20% just because my competition's not doing it. Um, yeah. Somebody else who's been in the, in the market for 10 or 15 years that, that has saturated the market, it may be more branding. It may be uh, those TV spots, radio spots, um, things like that. Like I said, for us, it's more the grill marketing. It's also community involvement for us. Uh, we do a lot of charitable stuff. We do it because it's nice to give back, but at the same time, we do get a return out of it. Um, and it, 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 it's again, people buy from people they like. So if you're involved in a charity that somebody else cares about, you, they'd be more enough to use you. Um, so it, it really depends on where you're at in size. Just know where you're at, what makes sense. You know, this past summer, we tried to do some television ads and people mentioned them we spent a lot of money. We spun our wheels and, and we didn't get a ton of calls off of it and kind of realized where we were probably five or six years ahead of ourselves on, on doing that, you know? So, but don't be afraid to test things out. I wouldn't know if I didn't try it. Yeah. It's like you said, it depends upon the market and your size, right? If you're $1 million guy trying to do that in a massive market, like, like Tampa, there's no way you can spend enough to generate enough eyeballs to modify, you know, to, to monetize it. 
But if you're a $10 million guy in a 100,000 population, you probably could win with TV ads and radio ads. Really, like you said, it depends on the, on the market and it depends upon your size as an organization. Um, can you talk a little bit about like some of the things? You, so you mentioned you do charitable and it's great to give back, but you also monetize that. Can you talk a little bit about how you do that in a way that it, it turns around and like kind of you know, serves you at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've done a few things uh, in the past year or two. Um, we have a part-time dispatcher here who's two years cancer-free. Um, her full-time job during the day is actually with Moffitt Cancer Center. Um, and she's been there for years. And so she's done a fundraising group. So we get involved. Um, we're actually doing a, on her silent auction, we're envir- uh, an Enviro water treatment system we've donated, um, which we retail for over $5,000. She's going to go ahead and um, go ahead and auction off. So, you know, we've, we partner with Enviro. They've donated the equipment. We're donating the time. So we're not really out of pocket, but, uh, you know, whatever it costs for our guy to go out there and do it. Um, but, you know, the publicity that we're getting off of this, you know, they've got 70 members in their group. It's almost the same as your networking group that are, you know, cheerleading for us. We're also the gold sponsor in it. Um, so it's a silent auction and a cornhole tournament. And um, one of the biggest things we're doing is anybody who works for us that wants to play, we're covering their costs uh, towards the charity. And there's going to be nothing better than having your home service and having 20 or 30 of my people out there in our shirts that day representing. Um, and then it opens up conversation for people that are there. Um, it happens to be at a pub restaurant. So people that are just patrons and for the day are going to come over and going to talk to us. And, um, you know, that's how it went last year. We, we donated a water heater. It was a little bit different of a setting. Um, we picked up three or four service calls from people who just happened to be in the restaurant slash bar at the time. Um, we've also done, you know, we've done other events. We've done, um, we, last year, one of the last games for the Buccaneers, we went out on the corner um, two blocks off the stadium and just handed out bottles of water and thanked our community for such a great year. And, uh, you know, as you know, Florida, it was still 87 degrees out in December. And uh, people absolutely ate it up. They'd stop. They talked with us. Anybody who wanted, we gave them a gift certificate for $30. Give us a try if you haven't used this. And um, I think we picked up seven or eight calls, uh, at least directly from the gift certificates. So, but doing those little things go a long way. Um, you know, it felt great to give back, but it's even nicer. You know, it's, you give, you get. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great. And, you know, like I said, guys, he's got a different, it's kind of a little bit of a different mix, right? He's doing things that the traditional plumbing HVAC companies aren't, and that creates opportunity, right? He's kind of outside the norm. So let's just kind of high level real quick hit the, hit the active strategies that are in play. So any direct mail and Valpac in play at this point? Um, we've turned it on and off this year. Um, we've used it for um, not, not Valpac per se, but they had a direct mailer. It was a postcard that was going out with them. Um, here we have uh, Pace Financing, which is where you, you roll it into your home taxes. So um, we've done some direct marketing for uh, more rural areas in our area. Um, areas where we're trying to pick up work where people tend to have their homes longer and it's been pretty effective we've seen a good return on it we haven't run it consistently we'll run it for a month or two and then we'll shut it off for three or four months then we'll run it for a month or two um just because we're peppering the same areas um but that's been really great um but most of ours i gotta be honest has been mostly digital marketing um we've done a couple of a little bit of magazines there's a, a a very strong tampa's very hispanic there's a Hispanic magazine. We run some Hispanic ads in, um, in Spanish, trying to pick up additional work. Um, you know, just looking where our competition is and that the 20% is per se, but 
Um, we've noticed that our strongest is digital marketing and then our follow-up follow is making sure every first time customer thank you card, um, you know, doing follow-ups. And then again, you know, in your neighborhood letters, if you go in and you, you're doing a free pipe or you're replacing an AC system, more than likely those homes around there have about the same age equipment. So it's sending thank you cards um, or sorry, uh, in your neighborhood letters, just mentioning we're in your neighborhood doing such and such. If you have any concerns, feel free to give us a call and put a call to action on that letter. Um, you know, we've seen some return off of those for, you know, where we're slow in the office. It's busy work for, for our office team, but it, it, it does generate work for us. I like that. And so do you guys do that in-house or do you have a service to help with those? We were in your area letters. No, we, uh, we do them in-house. We uh, sign up for sales genie. So uh, when we do it, we put in an address, we pick up uh, within a few blocks of it. We've got a homeowner's name and we make sure that uh, we, we do them handwritten. Um, mm. Running, you know, no stamps. We, we don't put who the return is other than our address. They're just more enough to open it up. And then we stick a magnet in there just, you know, so that way there's a little leave behind for them. And, um, you know, I'm not saying it's the, the, you know, we pick up tons of calls from it, but when you're doing a repipe or you're doing a big dollar ticket, just to pick one more up in a neighborhood, it, it's, it's a great added, uh, a great added touch to your marketing uh uh, uh, choices. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, lot, lots of, lots of, lots of cool strategies here that so you can leverage direct mail. Um, you know, in the, in the day, plumbing HVC companies made their, made their money in the yellow pages. Um, you still doing any of that in the, in the Tampa area or not really at this point? No, we, we're, so we're, um, we're on service Titan, which as you know, is pretty advanced for CRM software. You know, we're completely cool. paperless. Um, we, we, everything is text messages and emails and to be quite frank, not, not that I'm ever going to turn down a client who's using the yellow pages, but we're probably not the best fit for them. They're probably going to get aggravated when we don't have a paper estimate, when we don't have a paper invoice for them. I want to make sure that we're just as good of a fit for them as they are for us. So we, we don't, we just don't do that type of marketing because it just doesn't fit our personality, if that makes sense. That may, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you're just thinking about congruence of how they want to greet you and how they want to interact with you. That's a, that's a great, that's a great point. So, you know, we talked, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, different marketing strategies and the marketing mix, and you guys obviously have a very diverse marketing mix. Um, I noticed you, know, you guys do have lots of online reviews. What are you doing to attract reviews from, from your ideal customers in that market? Yeah, so uh, we just recently signed up for Broadly. Fingers crossed that uh, it'll help us continue to build reviews. Um, but the biggest thing is asking for them. Um, you know, if our guys do a great job, you know, they're, it's part of their job. They, they, hey, if you're happy with what I did, if you'd recommend me to somebody, would you mind taking a, a moment writing a review? Um, once a week, we actually have a little uh, a box, and I've got laminated between $1 to $50 bills in there. And uh, two reviews for a service guy, he gets a pull. If it, and uh, uh, he puts his hand in the box and pulls out uh, whatever it is. And so sometimes I'm handing out a $50 bill, sometimes I'm handing out a 10 or a 20, whatever the case is. Um, for installers, they just need one review and they get to do it. We do it as a big group. It pumps up the team. Um, all of a sudden, the guy, everybody else has got a couple bucks in their pocket or, or lunch cash. And um, it's kind of contagious, just like anything else, you know positivity is, is contagious. So um, as we've done it, we've seen the guys, they, they start hustling, they start bragging to each other who's going to have the most pulls for the week um, and they get pumped up over it. Yeah. So I guess, you know, like you just said, it's not necessarily about the tool. It's about the culture and how you've baked it into the culture, creating a great experience, 
acknowledging the guys, kind of gamifying the, the review process, rewarding that behavior that you want more of, that's probably the biggest driver of the, of the reviews that you guys are getting. Absolutely. Um, one of our big things, we, we build a theme um, here, and it's almost like a mantra, and I try to change it about every six months. So right now, our theme is all in. Um, we've got uh, posters. I've got, uh, if you'll see the logo about four times throughout my office, and we start every meeting off with, have you guys been all in this week? Have you been all in today? Have you given it? And it's dedication, giving a hundred percent, giving the customer your best. And are you a better person today than you were yesterday? And it, I know it may sound hokey for somebody who's not doing it. Um, but when you get a room full of positive, they feed off of it. And, um, it, it just grows and grows. You know, our last one before this was getting to work and it wasn't, you know, don't complain or, or tell us what, why you're, why you can't do something get to work and figure out what you can do, you know? So, Kind of build on those positivity themes and, and your team will build off of it as long as you're bought in and they see you're bought in they're bought in just as well and, and it goes from you to your client it really transfers awesome yeah that's that that's powerful that that's great so we talked we talked about a lot of the guerrilla marketing strategies uh leveraging social media kind of in those in those uh micro groups um, are you doing anything with email and email marketing to the customers and prospects in your database Right now, um, we're just doing pretty much real basic thank you notifications, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We tinkered before service Titan, now service Titan's rolling out with uh, an email marketing strategy. We spent a lot of money developing a software to do email campaign drips and we struggled with it. We've been playing with it a little bit. Isn't quite where we wanted it. So we put it on pause just because service Titan just announced that they're rolling out with it here in first quarter, but we will be, um, you know, I think that's a, you know, you got to market to your own clients. You got to constantly market to your own clients. So uh, one of the biggest things, and I'd like to see how they roll it out. If not, we'll go back to what we were doing. But, you know, if I leave an estimate and you didn't purchase something for me within 48 hours, I want to send you a coupon for it. I want to, you know, what is it going to take to get your business? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's either price or it's you. And uh, I don't want it to ever be because it's us. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do to, to build that value and get there and you know, use all those tools. So, Email is huge. I, I wish we were using it better than, than we are currently, but it, it is on our radar to, to, to get into. Yeah, I'm really excited to see about this um, the Service Titan email application because I think that can be a major game changer for the industry, really. Yeah, I wish they would have mentioned it about a year before because it cost us a lot of money trying to do it. <laughs> we had known, but. So, I mean, so, you know, you, you've, you've, you've had a lot of diverse uh, background in terms of the areas that you've worked. Um, you've had tremendous success in your plumbing or HVAC company. Obviously, you're, a, you're an active learner. You're an active believer in, in training and development. Like what organizations, what training um, philosophies have had the biggest impact on you and, and your ability to grow this company like you have? Yeah. So Trevor and I worked for another company and they were Nextdoor members. And so we have a lot of that Nextdoor training in us. Um, we, we don't follow anything per se that Nextdoor's put out. It's just of who we are and it's developed in the way we work. So a lot of that goes hand in hand. Um, but we as a company are Service Nation Alliance members. Um, absolutely love getting on a weekly call um, and, and having 10 other owners that aren't my competition, um, throwing ideas at each other, saving me dollars when they tell me, well, that didn't work, but try this. Um, you know, giving me ideas. Um, so 100%, you know, Service Nation Alliance has been huge to us. Um, it, it's helped us define who we are and, and I don't think we'd be where we're at without it. That's awesome. Can you, I mean, you mentioned weekly calls. Uh, can you just kind of talk through what that is for those that, that aren't really familiar with yeah, so, um, 
Absolutely. So uh, I'm, I'm issued an advisory board when, or anybody is when they sign up. And there's um, basically one person who's uh, a moderator, somebody who's probably got a lot of years of experience, somebody who has uh, proven themselves in the industry, and they tend to lead the call. Um, we usually have a topic that we go off of the way my group works, it, usually for about 30 minutes. We're on topic with, with whatever it is in the last 30 minutes, kind of becomes almost an open forum. Um, hey, guys, I'm having an issue hiring. You know, what sites are working for you? Um, maybe it's what marketing is working for you, what's not working for you. Um, we, we discuss sometimes, you know, when we run into technical problems with manufacturers, Hey, you know, this manufacturers, you know, up their price 10%, what are you guys paying? You know, what makes more sense? So anything that you are questioning in your mind, it's almost, you can just have diarrhea of the mouth and, uh, ask, ask those questions. And, and somebody who's in your same spot is able to, to, to share their experiences and it, it really cuts down the guessing game and, you know, the guessing game can get really expensive as a business owner. No doubt. I mean, that's, that's extremely powerful. I'm a believer in, in the power of mastermind. I really believe you become an average of the 10 or 12 people that you hang around most. So if you don't have a peer group like that, you know, you're going to be where you're at, right? But if you're hanging out with guys ahead of you that are doing innovative things that are in a smaller industry, non-competitive, it can really move you forward quick. So that's, that's powerful. Um, do you know where someone would go to get more information about that? Would it just be go to serviceroundtable.com or? Yeah, uh, serviceroundtable.com. And then they've got a link on there for Service Nation Alliance. Um, if somebody's thinking about it, I will say, um, and I, I don't work for them, but I, I happen to hear at the expo, the prices go up January 1st. So if you're considering signing up, I suggest you do it sooner than later. You know, there's no better time than now. Awesome. Awesome. So I guess in wrapping up, like what additional nuggets or pieces of wisdom would you have for that? plumbing or HVAC business owner that's struggling, they're wherever they're at, and they're looking to get to the next level. Like, what would you say to that, to that business owner? Yeah, two, two things. Um, for, in a generalization, push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, when we get in our comfort zone, we get complacent. Um, find either a business coach, find a business partner, find a networking group like we just talked about. Find somebody who's going to push you out of your comfort zone, and every time it starts to feel comfortable, push yourself back. can't stress that enough how we've grown, how we are. I can't tell you how many times we said, oh my goodness, is this going to work? It works. As long as you're doing it 110%, it works. Um, second part that I'll throw into that, and it's more on the marketing side, look at the behaviors of the people around you. Look at how your wife purchases things. Look at how your best friend purchases things when you have those conversations. So when you're thinking about how to market, don't think about what you would do because as a business owner, we think very different than our general consumer. So, so look at, look at what they're doing. Um, I ask my wife all the time when she comes home with something and believe me, it's a lot for Macy's every time she does, what led you to this purchase? And, and she looks at me like I'm crazy and I kind of dissect it and I try to put it back into the business. You know, that those, it sounds silly, but she, you know, she fits the model of the client that I'm marketing to. So why wouldn't I want to know what, what makes her brain tick on her purchases? Um, I know it sounds so simple, but I think we bypass that quite often is we, we get so busy into what, else tells us or what the stats are online as far as marketing goes or um, what the experts know you know sometimes you just got to look back and look at the obvious great great point and if you can sell to jill jones through jill jones eyes then you can sell what jill jones buys so just really yeah. get into her shoes and how she thinks and what her buying process is and match her marketing to that you, you just said it perfect you know our most of our print ads are my six-year-old son who's now six he was probably five four when we did them He's dressed up like a superhero and he's clogging the toilet with Legos 
and dinosaurs and that stuff. And every mom can relate, you know? So that's my, that's just my market. They buy it, but it's, it's great. It's dads can still relate to it. Grandmas remember when they went through it, so on and so forth. Think about what you see through their eyes and build off of it. Awesome. Great, great stuff, Sean. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for your generosity of spirit. You know, not everybody that's had your level of success is willing to kind of share what they did and how they made it happen. So thank you. Um, I mean, is there any, any way somebody would get in contact with you if they had a follow-up question directly or you want them just to reach out to Service Roundtable or what would your suggestion be on that? Um, if you got any questions for me, it's Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at your, Y-O-U-R, hyphen, homeservices.com. I'm happy to help and uh, wish you everybody the best of luck and thank you for having me on today. Thank you, Sean. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you got tremendous value from this session. I, I think it was awesome. Not every day you get to hear from from a $4 million plumbing HAC business owner that's had that level of success that quickly. So uh, the insights were awesome. Uh, if you'd like to get more um, ideas, strategies, techniques for growing your plumbing or HVAC business, I uh, definitely want to encourage you to go to plumbingmarketing.net. Uh, there we've got interviews with countless plumbing HVAC business owners interviewing uh, how they've built their, their business to the level that they're at today. So go to plumbingmarketing.net. There you can subscribe, get alerted as new episodes are posted. Uh, you'll definitely find this episode as well as the link to the to the guerrilla marketing uh, webinar that Sean just recently did with cement, you know, where he unpacks those ideas even more. So thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Sean, for your time. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again later. Thank you for having me.